0: Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you bi-weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from virtual CFOs, CPAs, and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you the results you need both in business
1: and building the life you deserve. Welcome and thank you for joining us for episode number 107 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast brought to you by PJS and Co-CPAs. I am usually your host, Megan Spicer, but today we are actually bringing you an episode that Katina hosted on her own with a special guest. And today the topic is building your business without sacrificing your family. And this is something that rings true for I know everyone on our team and many, many, many people across not only the U.S., but the world. We spend a lot of time in our youth dreaming of what we want to be when we grow up and then take a lot of effort throughout our young adult lives in gaining an education to be able to do that in many cases. uh, And that may look like something different for everybody, whether it's a trade school or a college or just gaining experience in whatever field you're in. And you start to get into a groove. And if you're lucky, you find something that really calls to you and you feel passionate about and you love doing and you love working with the people that you're delivering these services or these products to. And then you may have something happen in your personal life where that starts taking a bigger role and a bigger time commitment. And it's easy to be driven for some just to keep going in whatever path they've been on. But whatever you've been doing may not make sense anymore at some points in your life just in the way that you've been doing it. Maybe you can continue serving the same people and continue delivering the same services or creating the same product or whatever you're doing, but you may need to reassess how you're doing that so that it better fits your life and where you are in this moment. So that's kind of to summarize this interview between Katina and our special guest, and I'm kind of teasing you a little bit here, but that's really the focus of today's episode and really finding that balance for you and again that term balance is used a lot and we'll get into that in this interview as well in what that means and and how why it's so elusive and and maybe some ways to kind of tackle that but it's a really great episode to listen to if maybe you're thinking about reassessing personal goals or potentially your company's vision core values those big ideas that you've maybe been on that track for a few years and haven't taken time to reassess or or figure out if that's even the same path that you should sh- should still be on so this is a great episode i can't wait for you to listen in on this interview without further ado i'll hand it over to Katina
2: okay well We are excited today to welcome Gina Gooseman to the podcast. Gina is the founder, CEO, and managing partner of the Gooseman Law Firm with four office locations in Iowa, South Dakota, and Nebraska. In 2021, Gina won the Enterprising Woman of the Year Award for her leadership of the largest woman owned law firm in the Midwest. She is the author of the 2019 Amazon bestseller Worth It (laughs) Business Leaders Ready Execute, Deliver and a contributing author to a recently released 2022 Amazon bestseller, The Science of Getting Rich for Women, which aims to create a global economic rise for women around the world. Welcome, Gina. Glad to have you here.
0: Excited to be on your podcast. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, wonderful. So we're going to kind of have a discussion more around your book, Worth It, and some of the interesting ideas that you have in there as far as leaders go and things to look for and things to do. So I'm excited to kind of get into that conversation with you. I know we have similar issues to our businesses and, you know, having our lives with our businesses and not just all about business, but about the things that uh, are worth it, right? As you say, let's just kind of start off here. So in your book, you discuss the truth about the work-life balance and what actually works for achievers. So, I mean, can you tell us a little bit about what you found that's true in this arena?
0: You bet. So in my book I talk about my concept that I call the mashup, which to me is different than the work life balance. I think when you hear the word balance, people often think of the scales of justice, right? Like you've got your work on one side and you've got your life of everything else on the other and I have found that that is false. I think there's a lot more that goes into your life than just your work and then everything else. And I think of it more of a mashup, uh, more of the sense of you've know you got your professional life, you've got your community involvement, you've got your family, you've got your health. You have a whole bunch of different facets of your life and they all kind of bumble together. And as a result of that, it's a mashup. It's not just one thing or the other. And A little bit more context about what I mean with that is at some points in time of your life, you're going to have a little bit more extreme in one or the other. And I think it's that push and that pull that you need to be mindful of. But, you know, when you're a mom and you have a new baby, obviously your family is coming first for a period of time. And sometimes I'm a trial lawyer and if I'm in trial or I'm in trial mode, my work is going to pull the heavy anchor at that point in time. If you're leading a big community gala, whatever that community involvement thing is, that's going to pull more at that point in time. And I think so it's keeping it all relatively in check, but recognizing that it's not one of the other and they can overlap at the same time.
2: Yeah, that's a great perspective. I think in our business, being that we are virtual and part time and have a lot of family involvement, there's definitely, as you spoke of kind of seasons of your life and even of your week, times where, you know, things are are going to shift a little bit. And I know that we talked a lot about just those changes that can occur and kind of getting used to I guess, balancing those changes out, because I think at least us accountants, we like our systems and our ways of doing things. And I think sometimes that can be a little tough to kind of just navigate. Um, And I think just almost getting comfortable with that and going through that and knowing that you can make those changes and still make things work is really a good thing as well.
0: And sometimes you can combine them together, right? I learned that early in my career and I think it's been beneficial if I have a continuing education seminar and it's in a lovely place. Maybe that's where my family decides this is going to be where we're going to do family vacation this year. And so I get a little bit of a double dip in that where I'm at the conference for a couple of days and then I'm with my family for a few days on the back end. And that saves me an extra leg of travel. But you have to have some flexibility and some mindset that it's not going to be either or if you're going to bring them together and, and be successful by you know layering your different hats all at the same time.
2: Yeah, for sure. And like you said, it definitely if you can do things like that where you're designing kind of your life along with your career, which we are one whole person, right? As you stated, we're not the separate work and life. Um, I think definitely designing your life around that and especially if you're the one that's doing a lot of the travel planning and those kinds of things that really can help to build off one for the other as well, so that you can have that time with your family, be really focused on them, but also still be able to do the things you need to do for business too. So that's a great, great suggestion, I guess, (laughs) to look at things like that.
0: Absolutely. And sometimes people ask me, well, how do you you know, recharge or get away from work? And I think it is important to get away, but when you're a business owner, you're never fully away from it. (laughs) You're constantly caring about what's going on. And and I I will take some of my vacations uh, with my family. I call them tethered, where I'm going to be checking in my email. And then occasionally I will try and take a vacation where I'm checked out, right? And I'm kind of off the grid for those four or five days, so to speak, in order to get fully away from it. But those are farther and fewer between. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think you can definitely um, look at both approaches. And I think that there are times, like you said, that it's good for you to be tethered and checking in. And then I think there's definitely, at least we advocate for ourselves, our team and, and our clients to really have that to checkout time to where they can really unplug and decompress. And I think also create that creative space in your brain. I mean, you may still be thinking about things for the business. I think that's part of our passion, right? That's why we're in business (laughs) is our passion to to do these things. But I think sometimes when you get into the day-to-day tasks and the checklists and doing this and doing that, um, you maybe lose that creative mindset, which can really help you just come up with new ideas and new processes around things. And really, I think in my life at least, checking out is what really allows those juices to flow better (laughs) is to be like, okay, now I can think about these other things because I don't have that daily checklist in front of me or the daily emails or the things I need to respond to that need that urgent, immediate attention. It's the things that I can really just kind of Think through and marinate on and you know, come up with with new plans and new thought processes. Whether it's for our business or for clients our clients' businesses as a VCFO, sometimes it's something that we're trying to resolve, help them resolve some kind of issue in their business. And it helps to have that brain space to do so for sure.
0: Definitely. I've created a lot of great business plans from the beach. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, there you go. Very cool. Um, All right. Um, Well, if you had to pinpoint something that's been your biggest struggle in that, what what would you say that was?
0: Oh, you know, I I think in hindsight, you can go back and question a whole host of things, right? And um, I will say I am a mother, right? I have two children. They are nine and 11. And I think getting accustomed to mommy guilt is a big part of that. And you have to just recognize that You know, you are being a a role model in different ways to your children. And for me, I think that really hit home when my daughter was in kindergarten and she was going to go to a career day at kindergarten, and she was going to be a kitty cat veterinarian. And she was all dressed up in her little Doc McStuffins outfit with her kitty cat and her her veterinary bag. And we'd made her uh, business cards the night before. that said Caroline's kitties or whatever. And, and she was <laughs> all ready to go. But she ran upstairs and she said, Mom, I got one more thing to, to get. And I said, oh, really? What's that? And uh, she came back down and she had her American Girl doll. And she said, Mom, every great businesswoman has a strong assistant. <laughs> and that was a big part of me that I am a role model to her and I am being a great parent to her, not necessarily because of how I fold laundry or something like that, but it it is more in how I'm role modeling things for her. And mm-hmm. so I think just looking back and giving yourself a break, if if you miss something, uh, that's not the end of the world. because. In life, you can't attend absolutely everything and you have to say no sometimes. And Mm -hmm. when I get the request like I did earlier today to sign up and be part of her Girl Scout meetings, I would love to do that. But my work, travel and schedule just does not allow me to uh, participate and volunteer in that way this year. So I think letting go of that and, and recognizing that you have other strengths.
2: Yeah. yeah, and I think I agree with you on that. Um, I have my daughter, she's going to be 11 soon. So similar age bracket that you you have as well. And I, I have been having discussions with her, even just in life, like when you you know say yes to something, you're saying no to other things and kind of looking at what you're committing to and making sure that when you commit to something, that it's something that you can truly follow through on and something you really want to do. Um, like you said, you can't do everything all the time. <laughs> you have to make those choices. and like you said dealing with the being the mom and you have kind of that twofold guilt I know I I have in the past and had to kind of overcome that too is uh, having the being the mom guilt and also being the business owner guilt it's like you have both so like when you're being the mom you're like am I really being the business owner I need to be and vice versa and I think just coming to terms with that and what works for you and your family and we're all different people and created differently and our children are all different. But we're able to design that life that works the best for who we are and who we're supposed to be and, and who our family is and kind of our family dynamic as well. So I think the next thing we were going to talk a little bit about is uh, cultures. You kind of talk about cultures in your book and how there are some catalysts for thriving companies. So um, can you tell us a little bit about those cultures and how you might go about creating those in your your place of work?
0: Absolutely. I love to talk about culture. And I have a concept I talk about in the book I call the culture jury, which is a different way of looking at culture. And really what that means is as the business leader, you are constantly on stage and your employees or your team are like your jury. So you don't ever really get a break from being in that role and being in the spotlight when you are the business leader. And your team or your jury, they decide what your culture is. You can't walk in as the leader and say, we are going to have a positive team-based culture. It's really (laughs) up to your employees uh, to decide if you're going to have a positive team-based culture. But How do they get to that conclusion and and how do those behaviors and beliefs mount up over time? And that's where I think it's up to you as the leader is to, you know, plant pieces of evidence uh, with that jury, with your team, and really lead the way and show the way that that's how you want your culture and your organization to be. And it. people say it starts at the top. And this is another way of saying the limelight is always on you. And how do you show up in your organization when things get tough and it is stressful? Do you, you know, Are you pulling out your hair and freaking out? Or are you the <laughs> calm, cool, and collected leader? And uh, take input and seek to build consensus and come at things from a positive angle versus a crisis mode. I, I think really it When you have that mindset that you are always on, and you don't get the luxury when you're the leader of the business to turn it off, so to speak. I mean, you're on when you're at the grocery store. You're on when you show up on your team's uh, all-team call at the office. You're on, and people are watching you when you're in a client meeting. And how do you then cascade that same value and proposition to your entire team? And I think that's one of the key critical components for a leader to really embrace is how are you going to show up for your team?
2: Yeah, I think that's a great, great thing to consider and just think about as an owner of a business, especially as you maybe are a new business owner and continuing on that journey and improving yourself. But thinking about it in that way can really help you think about how are you really coming across and what culture are you in some ways creating? Um, like you said, it takes the whole team to create the culture, but it's, it is it is going to be based a little bit on how you're leading and how you're coming across as that leader and whether that's really embodying what you want your business to be. Um, and I know one of the things that we've talked about in the past is looking at you know core values as determining who you are and creating those core values and some of that is is not necessarily like you're just oh this core value sounds good and that <laughs> core value sounds good but really looking at who you are as a business owner as a leadership team and what makes you successful and what things really embody what you're trying to do what you started off trying to do um, and creating those core values and basing a lot of of things around that. So you can't just create them and put them on your website or write them in a manual somewhere and just never look at them again because that's not really creating that culture, right? You need to bring those core values. We even bring them into our decision-making as a leadership team. You know, a lot of that can come into play when you're looking at you know, making those decisions of what things you are and aren't going to do, what kind of processes do you want to do? How do you want to react to certain, you know, situations, whether those are sometimes outside circumstances in the industry or government? But I think those core values, you know, you really want to put them into play. And some of them, again, are just who you are. And a lot of that is where that comes from, but also just bringing those back around. Cause I think, again, you can get lost in the, Details of making the decision and filtering through the data. But if you really kind of come back to, okay, well, who are we and what are our values and how does this decision really? fall within those values so that we can help make that alignment with the culture that we are trying to create because, you know, decisions obviously are going to also affect that culture. So I think that having that thought process and taking the time to do that, and I don't know if you've um, gone through that, I'm imagining so as much as you've done in leadership and discussions and writing books. I think that is one thing as far as a tangible, maybe logistical thing that people can if they haven't already is do that. You may have some other to-dos to add to this as well, but to just do that if they haven't, or if they have and haven't maybe been really actively using them and teaching them and hiring with them and talking to their team about them, that they really look to do that as well. And I don't know if you have something else too that you would want to add as far as how can we walk this out in creating the, the culture, et cetera.
0: Absolutely. So I completely agree with you that having a clear mission, vision, and values is critical to defining your organization. And as the leader, to create the culture that you actually embody those different values. And when people look at you and they see you, you're constantly exhibiting those. And you don't ever really get a break from living out your core values of your organization. And also to go back and make sure that those are the core values of your team uh we check in on them year after year at our leadership retreat we will take a look at our core values and i will say one of our five core values has always been culture and this last year we were working with a facilitator who um, brought it back to us and said, you know what culture in 2022 is just a given if you're going to be a successful business today." You gotta have it. I really Mm -hmm. pushed on us to what does that mean? And so we ended up having a a rich discussion and dialogue around that, and then came back to the firm and did a team wide survey regarding our core values so we could get whole firm input. And we're taking a look at are we gonna like tweak something just minorly? Sometimes you'll read a book or you'll uh, read a a blog or something, it will tell you. You know, core values should never change. And I think that you do need to keep them alive and well and fresh because, you know, the firm that we are today is different than what we were 10 years ago because a mm-hmm. business has evolved and changed. And we don't want it just to be cliche that, oh, culture is a core value at the at the firm. And so we're taking right. a look at that and how can that keep alive and well. One other thing that I think is a little bit different that I wanted to bring up when it comes to culture and leadership is. I think this works really well when you're mentoring someone on an individual level, but then also when you are leading your team. And that is to know what your big goals are, but then break them down and create some small wins for your person or for your team along the way. I think that helps drive momentum in organizations. When you get some small wins, then you can really kick up your flywheel and, uh, get going faster. People like to work with a winning team, whether those are, you know, really big milestones that you can achieve and celebrate, or if they're, they're smaller victories along the way. And a lot of times I think when people are looking at their leadership and how can they actually impact the culture, that's one of the best things that you as the leader can do is, is to create some some mini goals along the way.
2: Yeah, that's really great advice. I think it definitely creates some momentum. I'm sure you'd like to have that sense of accomplishment. And as uh, the businesses grow and expand, there's some big goals out there and they can seem Daunting, you know, when they're the big goals. But everything broken down its into its pieces and achieved can definitely reach those bigger goals. And so I know we've talked a little bit about traction before too, as a book. And it sounds like this would meld very well with Worth It because it's similar. Like you take those big goals, right, and you break them down um, into those little goals and those they call them rocks and traction. But whatever you call them, <laughs> as you stated, it's a great way to help lead your organization and lead your leaders and help them lead their people and, you know, having those conversations with them about their lives and their goals and interweaving those as well.
0: It's fun that you brought up traction. So we've been a traction-based organization for about 10 years now. And when I wrote Worth It in 2019, Gina Wickman is the author and creator of Traction. I was really excited. He provided a testimonial for my book, Worth It. And that was a fun moment when I got to connect with him on that.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. That's very cool. Yes, it's been a a big thing for us as well, since we've implemented that. It's been three years or so now. So we're a little bit of a newer business. (laughs) But it's a huge game changer for sure. So definitely recommend that. Um, Do you have any final thoughts or anything you'd like to leave our listeners with with regards to your book and yourself?
0: (laughs) You bet. So I think the ultimate thing with the book called Worth It. And with that thought is really, that is ultimately how you decide what are you going to go after? um, What are your big goals going to be? And is that sacrifice of time or resources or self-sacrifice, is it going to be worth it? And that is what you are deciding when you're setting that intention of your goal. That is what your team members are deciding when they come to work for you as an organization every single day. And ultimately, that's also what your clients are deciding when they decide to do business with you and your organization. And if you think about how you really need to deliver value as well as you go about your day and set about your business plans and weave that into your proposition statement as far as what are you going to do to give more than you receive and how can you live your life like that and a life full of abundance. I think that ultimately will help uh, clarify what are your big goals for you and what do you want to set out to do to make it worth it.
2: Yes, that's wonderful. That's really good advice. I think there's a lot of people that kind of get on that hamster wheel and don't stop to assess and think about where it is they really want to be and what what makes it worth it for them and make sure that they're on that pathway and going in the right direction. And I think having those conversations with uh, your advisors, with your leadership team and taking the time to do that. So this book would be a great, great thing to read to get you going in the right direction and making sure that you you are on the right path and that you don't waste your time going in the wrong direction and realizing maybe it wasn't worth it. You want to make sure that you. doing the right things there, for sure.
0: Ultimately, too, it's called Worth It Business Leaders Ready, Execute, Deliver, which RED is is the RED model and mentality. And You have to get ready so you can go after those big goals. You have to execute upon them. You can't just keep planning forever. And then ultimately you have to deliver. And that means be successful. And then it it starts all over again. It's kind of like a a repeat and a repeat. And if you want to just keep pushing and, and keep climbing higher, you're going to constantly go back through every single time and get ready, execute, and deliver again.
2: Yeah, perfect. And I think that's great because, again, you want to keep all three of those stages, right? You can't skip the ready part and just jump always into the constant execute <laughs> part, I think, is a trap of a lot of business owners get into and they don't step back and and make sure that they're on the right pathway with the ready part of it is uh, what it sounds like here. So that's wonderful. Um, OK, well, you can get Worth It uh, available on Amazon. There's The Science of Getting Rich for Women, as we mentioned earlier, is available on Amazon. Um, there's also is a Law Talk with the Flock, which is your podcast. I did listen to a few of those. They're very informative. So please go check those out again. That's Law Talk with the Flock. And we'll have all these links also available um, with our podcast. So you can definitely go online and find that as well, everybody. And thank you so much again, Gina, for joining us today. And this is my first uh, solo hosting podcast. So thank you all for (laughs) listening in with us. So that was been a wonderful experience. We appreciate it. So thank you.
0: This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.